0: Hello and welcome to the Litany of Saints podcast, coming to you from the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph in Northwest Missouri. I'd like to apologize real quick, I got a little bit of allergies so I probably sound a little nasally. Um, I'll work on it. I'm your host, Alex, and I want to start off with an apology for taking so long to get this one out. Originally, I wanted to touch on some apologetics once more and address other common criticisms people, especially Protestants have with the church but uh, then there was a slight change of plans you see I hadn't planned on making a podcast on the 101 of Christian beliefs but I see a lack of understanding a sad massive lack of understanding of it in the world even among people that really ought to know better even among people who go to church all the time so Even among people who are supposed to be preaching this message. They just don't get it right. So, this episode, which I have titled, Back to Basics, is just that. A reminder of basic hopeful... Um... It's a reminder of basic Christian beliefs. Hopefully universal Christian beliefs. And a Sincere hope of mine that this gets out there and helps people in their relationship with God. So, without any further ado, let's get right into it. So, <laughs> I'm going to sound like one of those pamphlets that you get at the laundromat or that like someone sticks in your mailbox. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know that you read them and it's got like, oh, Romans 3.23 says, and John 3.16 says... If you'll indulge me a little bit, I'm going to sound just like those for a good part of this podcast. But bear with me because they're popular for a reason. So, Romans 3.23 does say, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now let's take a moment and reflect on that. You often hear people say there are believers and there are Sinners, and a sort of us versus them thing, as if going to mass makes you better than somebody else, or as if you go to heaven just because you believe in God. That's not the case. All people, believers or not, are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Everyone who has ever lived, except for our Lord and our Lady, are sinners. This is bad news to some people. Oh, I fall short of the glory of God? Well, there's no way I'm going to heaven, so why bother? Well, that's an unfortunate and harmful thought process. Yeah, you fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, of course you do. What on earth could possibly make you so great that you think you can hold a candle to the creator of everything? Of course you fall short of the glory of God. Why are you so caught up on that? And what do you mean you can't get to heaven? Do you live under a rock? There's a way to get to heaven. So, let's go on. And (laughs) I I seriously, seriously can't shake the feeling that I sound like a human laundromat pamphlet. But here is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Wouldn't you know it? Just like that, Jesus Christ, our Lord, offers us a way out of the mess we've made for ourselves. We have sinned, and we fall short of the glory of God. We're in quite the predicament. And then here comes Jesus Christ, The only begotten Son of God, who offers us a way out. But it isn't just that easy. Jesus is not your boyfriend or whatever nonsense the watered down churches of today might have you think. He doesn't automatically approve of everything you do just because you believe in Him. It's not a license to do whatever you want. Our Lord says quite a few times in scripture, go and sin no more, which is a far cry from do what you want as long as it makes you happy. It's not the same thing at all. But Alex, you might say, they always say Jesus loves me, and if he loves me, he wants me to be happy. Well, you'd be right. (laughs) Of course you'd be right. Jesus does love us. And he does want us to be happy. Which is precisely why he challenges us to go and sin no more. Because he wants us to be with him in paradise. What could be happier than that? What's a better life than spending eternity in paradise? With God. If you think of something, let me know. Because I'm getting nothing. So, yeah, Jesus loves you and he wants you to be happy. That doesn't mean that he wants you to do whatever you want, it means he wants you to do what's pleasing to God so that you can have true happiness for eternity. Do you think whatever fleeting pleasure that we get from sin will ever compare to something like that? Do you think money can buy something like that? Do you think vices or a career or anything can offer that kind of happiness? Or anything that comes close? No. It can't. Love is not about blindly tolerating whatever the person does, even if you don't like it, even if it hurts you. It's not about blind tolerance. It's about wishing what's best for them and pushing them to be the best they can be. It's about correcting them when they do something self-destructive. You wouldn't let a toddler play in the street well, I mean, unless something's really wrong with you. You wouldn't let a toddler play in the street. Do you not love the toddler? Because you corrected him? Because you pulled him out of the street? That's not very clear thinking, I would think. It's about giving what is needed, not always what is wanted. And the Gospel reading at Sunday Mass, our Lord says, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many... I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Now, is that the kind of talk you hear from the boyfriend Jesus they've been selling us lately? Is that something you'd expect to hear from a guy who just wants you to do whatever you want, as long as it's just you living your best life? I don't think so. And so many people just aren't taught this anymore. They've managed to turn our Lord into the God of Convenience. You know, do whatever you want as long as you're happy. Do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect anyone else. Do whatever you want as long as you don't get caught. Do whatever you want and just say sorry later. Gone are the days of people understanding on a massive level that salvation is hard. That it's not just handed to us, we gotta want it, and we have to work for it. Instead, it's the religion of convenience. So now, having heard this, some people will be distraught and they'll stop going to church. After all, for this group of people, religion was merely a means for them to feel high off of the feel good music, the message that you can do whatever and be forgiven. It was never, for these people, it was never about being a slave to Christ. It was never about loving your neighbor. It was never about helping the poor or anyone but yourself. For these people, it was just always been about validation. Then, there's another group of people. They hear all the stuff about a narrow gate, and they eat it up. And boy, these people are all over the internet nowadays. (laughs) It's a plague, I tell you. They think, hey, that's me. I'm entering the narrow gate. I'm strong enough. And they get this big head, and this big ego, and they feel a strong sense of spiritual pride wash about them. And they take to the Facebook forums and the YouTube comments and they they start telling you all the things you're doing wrong with your life. And how you need to be like them and only go to the, the most perfect parishes with the most perfect people there. And they start sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. They start telling you what your sins are. They start telling you what you're doing wrong. Or they start telling you what Susie down the street's doing wrong. Instead of taking our Lord's advice about removing the log from their eyes before they can see clearly to remove the speck from their brother's eye. For these people, though they act much different from the first group I talked about, religion is much the same for them. It's all about Validation. Are these people so much different from the Pharisees Jesus constantly has to deal with throughout the Gospels? Are they any different from the people who pray? Thank you, God, for not making me like them, for not making me a sinner. Sorry, pal. You weren't made a sinner, but you are. We all are. And there's a difference between judging with right judgment as said in John 7:24, and behaving like a Pharisee. And this second group of people that I just talked about would do very well to figure it out. Which I might cover later. I'm kind of, uh, with my allergies I don't want to make this too long of an episode, but we'll see. Finally, we have a third group of people who hear this message and they react to it. They say people in in this third group, they've met the people of the first two groups. they met the people that stopped going to church because salvation isn't about um, doing whatever you want. It's about work. The people that left because they want validation, they've met the first group. And they've also met the second group, the people who go around telling you what your problem is and never talking about what their problems are, never addressing their problems, but only focusing on other people's problems. They've met that second group, too. And so what do they say? They say, I still pray at home sometimes, which is usually code for I don't pray at all or I only pray when I want something, but that's a whole different topic. They'll say... I still pray at home sometimes, but there's too many hypocrites at church. Yeah. Yeah. And I avoid hospitals because there are sick people there. And I avoid going to restaurants because there are hungry people there. You shouldn't go to church for the people that are there. Because if you do, then you aren't any different from the validation seekers in group one and two that drove you away from church in the first place. You should go because it's pleasing to God because you worship God because you have a desire to have a relationship with God, a real one a desire to receive the sacraments that's why you go to church not because the people that are there and so these people they don't get it They're there for the validation like the other two. Who says they believe in God and then say they don't wish to do what pleases Him? I'm sure there are plenty of people, but not people who are honest about their relationship with Him. These three groups of people are lost. But we should not give up on them. Instead, we can pray... We can amend our lives to be unlike these three groups of people. And then we can remind them of the basics and with some help from the Holy Spirit, bring them back. So, once more to review, Romans 3.23 says, you should look it up, It's a good verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. Me, you, your neighbor who smokes weed, your grandma who goes to church all the time, your boss, your school teachers, everybody. And merely... Going to church, merely believing in God, doesn't absolve you from that. Instead, we have to follow Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who was given to us as a way to eternal life. We have to follow Him. We have to go and sin no more, as He says. We have to stop worshiping ourselves and the idols that we've made in our lives. Money, success, drugs, vices. We have to stop worshiping these idols that we've built. We have to stop worshiping ourselves and we have to submit ourselves to the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Lord. If we are going to go through that narrow gate... Because many will attempt to enter but will not be strong enough. And you and I, we're not going to be strong enough unless Jesus is behind us helping us push it open. And that's what I hope you take away from this. This was the Litany of Saints podcast. And next time I'll continue the theme of 101 to bring you the basics of Catholicism and what sets it apart from other groups. Thanks for listening, and God bless.